Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode mm-hmm. number 217. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. As always, host number three, Dr. Petty. What's up? And we also have a guest host in the house. My favorite guest host. He's been on the show before. He wanted to come back. Uh, bless us with his presence. Uh, the man with the most glorious beard in blockchain. Blockchain beard guy, Chris Bennett. Welcome back. I, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. The love goes both ways. Uh, this is this has just been my favorite show of all time. So, a total total honor to be back. When you guys reached out and asked if I wanted to do the show again, it was just one of those uh, couldn't respond fast enough kind of things. So, uh, really pumped to be here, guys. I'm gonna hold you to that though. So like if I see you on CNBC and you're like, yeah, this is the greatest show of all time. I'm calling in and I'm going to say, wait a second. He said we were the greatest show of all time. There's been some no, you, you, you hold me to that. If I'm on CNBC <laughs> and you guys are spinning up an episode, call in and you can watch me just walk off the set. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go ahead, Cello. I interrupted you. Well, I know. I think the first time he was on, he he hadn't traveled anywhere for crypto and since that i i might begin that wrong but since then you've been kind of globe trotting attending conferences you know collecting experiences so so what's been going on since the last time you've been on oh you know uh it's it's been a lot of teaching everyone's getting pumped on this blockchain thing and um wanting to, to learn more and get certified so um yeah, kind of, kind of went all around the world in May teaching and uh, getting ready to to hit the road again this month. So August through September, uh, kind of repeating things. But um, went out to the Future Blockchain Summit in Dubai. Uh, just a awesome, awesome show out there. Um, that was a lot of fun. And then uh, taught over in Singapore. Taught a couple classes in Australia. Um, we've been teaching stateside all over the place uh running webex courses all different times day and night i know you guys uh originally we were looking at last weekend and was teaching the course midnight to eight um for the good Whoa. folks over in moscow um but uh yeah it's just just exciting everyone's really starting to get excited about blockchain and just a great time to be in the space when you say when you say teaching what do you most often like teaching people like what what aspects of this stuff are do you find yourself trying to explain the most you know um we we kind of teach everything you know from um 
you know, blockchain for, for non-technical business folks, you know, all the way through architects and developers um, down to the, the technical level. Um, you know, I, I think a, a lot of, of what, what I spend time teaching or, or trying to get students to understand um, are just overcoming a few misconceptions. Uh, um, you know, like blockchain is, is not this all or nothing proposition, right? Um, go, go find a system you already <clears throat> have in place in the business around you or that your customers have um, that's already working and providing value and just figure out how to add a little blockchain to it, you know, a little, little blockchain <laughs> hot sauce, we call it. Um, some blockchain on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's one. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I love cryptocurrencies, you know, the idea behind it, the way it's causing us to, to revisit all these ideas we've just taken for granted for hundreds of years. Um, but it's, it's also the gateway drug to blockchain, right? That's, that's how everyone gets into it is, is through Bitcoin or crypto. Um, so just getting, getting the students to understand that, hey, that's, that's just really the first thing that we've built on this new technological platform. You know, it's like email on the internet. Um, mm -hmm. Email was kind of the first thing we really built on the internet. But if you thought that's all it could do, you know, whoa, did you miss what came after that? So um, I'd say those are probably the, the two biggest things we, we uh, spend time getting people to wrap their heads around. And it's nice to travel. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know what? It, it looks great on the outside. Um, people ask me, ah, you know, what was it like in Sydney? I was like, ah, you know, the airport was nice. The hotel was nice. The classroom was nice. That's about all I can camp. tell you, you know, I'm in your camp, Chris, when you, when you work, when you travel for work, it's not like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm seeing the sights, man. I'm eating baguettes. It's good. It's going <laughs> great. No, it's, it's, you go to the hotel you prep for work, you go to work, you go home, you prep for work. That's all it is. <laughs> like, yeah, that's I, really I, what it is. I found out that if you're in Singapore, there's still a Domino's pizza that will deliver to your hotel room, right? <laughs> that's that's how exotic it got. Domino's <laughs> represents the in the crust. It's in the crust. They are worldwide, man. That is an amazing operation. And what's amazing about it now? What's amazing about it is that like it tastes the same everywhere around the world, more often than not. It's not like like when you go to Domino's, you know what you're getting. Same thing with like Budweiser, right? If you go get like a Bud Light, it's going to taste the same wherever you are. And that's pretty, that's, that's a, like a industrial feat on its own. Yeah, it is. It really is. But you got to ask really yourself, is. should it taste the same everywhere? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> What's the dumbest question you've ever had? You don't have to say their name. Yeah, say their name. <laughs> this guy named Jeff. Oh man, kicked him out of the room. Um, man, I've I've gotten just some some out there questions. Um, so I probably the the one that just made my head kind of twist around the most um, was was teaching a group in Singapore um, who who were going to go on to be our trainers. Um, so that's that's what really kind of made it interesting. Because it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna turn around and have to teach this class, I think you'd be like really into it and paying attention and making sure you got it. Um, and so I get to the end of one of the first sections and I ask, "Hey, you guys got any questions?" And this guy asks, um, 
do you know how many times the word slavery is mentioned in the U.S. Constitution? Interesting. Yeah, I was like, you, yeah, you, you, you know, this is blockchain, right? Sweet angle. That's where I usually go to. Like, it's like and I go you, to really obscure meetup on. groups to try and push something that's completely outside of the meetup group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you get you get those kind of weird ones. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, sometimes you get students who just want to get into these weird arguments with you. Um, like oh. there's there's a point we talk about in the class that hey, you know, all this runs peer to peer, right? It's it's like uh, BitTorrent, um, so it's it's virtually impossible to take it offline or perform any denial of service attack, that kind of thing. Um, and, and I remember one student just kept arguing, well, you know, what if I could find a way to hack DNS and take down the entire internet? <laughs> I was like, well, okay. Yeah. In, in that case, you would, you'd take down the blockchain. There would be no more Bitcoin for a while. He's like, well, then it can be hacked. I was like, oh, all right, Dr. Mm. Evil, I guess if, if you can figure that out. Mm. Would it be like, you don't, that's Corey's lane. The internet to make a Bitcoin. You just oh, need a way to DNS, DNS maps human readable names to IP addresses. If you know if you know IP addresses and you have two nodes that are running, you're you're still running, or two miners that are running for that matter. I'm not even terribly no. sure if the mining network that connects, like the like the hyperfast mining network that, that that moves blocks around, that's kind of different than the standard Bitcoin network. Um, uses DNS. I'm sure it does. Yeah, it probably does. But even if you just put an IP address in, it's, that works. Yeah. So the student was wrong then, or that person let's, was wrong. You could just use IP addresses if, if it all came down to it. Let's let's get them on the show. I think, <laughs> I think we could do an hour on this. I actually want to talk to the slavery guy a little bit more. <laughs> I want to know what's on his mind. <laughs> How many well, times is the word slavery in the Constitution? I have no idea. He wanted Speaking. to make this whole point that, that slavery... Ah, what was this? It was never, never endorsed on the federal level. It it was always decided on the state level, and what? I don't know if you knew that about how your country works. And I just that's kind of where I shut it down and was like, all right, we, we, we got to talk more about blockchain. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if like somebody's made like blockchain band aids, because like you know the saying, you can't put a band aid on a broken arm. And it seems like it would fit in your lane if you're talking to business people that think that blockchain is going to solve all their problems. Uh, it's not, but it could solve some of them. But I think the reason the guy got so, I mean, cryptocurrency can be politically charged. I mean, it's kind of, if you, if you learn about Bitcoin, it's innately politically charged, Right. I mean, it always gets to the point where you're going to talk, you're going to find someone in the crypto uh, enthusiast crowd that is like super libertarian or crypto anarchist. And it gets kind of gets into that territory. And this is probably a perfect like way to segue into like our, our first talk about like privacy coins, right? Why they're a big deal and sign of the differences between some of them. And will they even matter or are they going to matter more? I don't know. It's, it's kind of a big thing to wrap, wrap our heads around this morning. But 
I don't know. Which privacy coin choice do you use, Cello? Monero. Okay. What about you, Chris? If I got a transaction I need to keep private, cash is king. That's what I was going to say, too. I was going to say, I was going to say dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, but what if you have to send it like across the country or like to a different country? You put it what in if... an envelope and you write no cash inside. <laughs> in the Do not look here. There is no cash here. I promise. I cash through a mixer is I'll go to the bank. I'll take out a 20 and then I'll go to the strip club and give the 20 to a stripper. And she gives me 21s. And that's my mixer. That's how mixers work. Right. That is the world's slowest money laundering scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Only $20 at a time too, Chris. So I'm not moving big can, weight here. Yeah, I can just see like Walter White with just a stack of money in the garage trying to wash it 20 at a time. Yep. That's my daily trip. I go to five different strip <laughs> clubs and I say, hey, stripper, here's a 20. Can I get 21s? And she's usually like, no, I'll just take 20. And I say, that's not how this works. <laughs> I like I like how there's no tip in it for her. She's just a straight yeah. up change machine. Yeah, even follow the plan. Um, but anyways, Corey, do you use privacy coins? No, no, I don't You're have. A, a, I don't. I don't currently have a need for them. I right. I definitely research them as much as possible when I have the time and understand them. I I like them. But I don't. Are use you them. the person that's like? Um, I, I have nothing to hide. Currently, I, yeah, I'm a pretty much a, a law-abiding citizen that invests in cryptocurrencies. That's that's the gist of my lifestyle right now. Well, I mean, people have nothing to hide, but it still means that you should. Everyone deserves. Sure, that's that's what I mean. Like, it's the option. Like, you you have the option, and I want to make sure that the technology behind these options is actually a good option. So I research how they work, so that I understand if I wanted to use something or I wanted to recommend something. I recommend I have full knowledge of what I'm recommending and not just like something that actually doesn't work, but says it does. I don't have a need for one. And I don't so like, I have strong ideologies in, in how I use my money currently. So I don't like, who, who cares for, for me. In other okay, words, he's so, leaving the door open to be sinful in the future. Yeah, sure. Whatever. If that's if that's the if that's the need for it, then I know how to use it. If I know someone who needs it or like if has strong privacy concerns, then I can explain to them which one like based on their privacy concerns, which one they want to use. And and they're growing, right? So there's there's I guess if I want to like the top level um concept of privacy with respect to these things is um currently there's two different methods people try and use to track identities in cryptocurrencies like who's sending money in cryptocurrencies one is network analysis so they're looking at like the actual movement on the network of things and trying to track ip addresses on where things come from and where they go the other one is blockchain analysis and that's tracking addresses and their connectivity of different addresses and the um, real world identities attached to those addresses and so different privacy coins solve those two problems in different ways or a subset of those problems in different ways. Mm -hmm. And the only like, I don't know, as of right now, the two main, I guess there's three, I would only consider two of them viable, uh, is Monero, Zcash, and Dash. 
There's a there's a plethora of smaller capped coins that try different things that yeah. I don't think are uh, I don't know. No, they're just novel. No, they're, they they right they, they have good ideas. Um, I'm not. I don't. I may not know enough about them to say whether or not they rival those three options because. Um, I don't know. Dash is more of a marketing scheme um, than actual privacy, in my opinion, because you're offloading privacy to a small set of people who have um, elevated rights in the network, which you can't tell whether or not they're snooping or not uh, through these mm-hmm. things called master nodes. I don't like anything that has a master node, uh, to be honest. Because you can't tell what that node's yeah, doing. That, that, that master node could basically be a government entity because it only takes, you have to stake a certain amount of coins in your wallet to become a master node. And then they could be logging all the transactions that run through them. And there's no way you could know they're not doing that. Yeah. No possible way. Um, there's a lot of, there's a whole like master node culture now though. Of course, because it's, it's, it's a, it's an easy idea to grasp. Mm-hmm. And it's making cheddar for people. Oh, that's a big part of it too. And because it's Our making cheddar thing. for people, they market it to make more cheddar for people. Yeah. You think privacy coins are going to be around forever. Oh yeah, I think privacy. Actually, to be honest, and like so. the way this stuff is moving, um, like my personal opinion about all of this is that um, governments are fucked. I mean, there's, there's, there's. <laughs> that's the general gist of this, stuff, in my opinion. Like the way this crypt, like the cryptography that backs a lot of this stuff and the technology used to obfuscate um, the movement of value on the internet is beginning better and better and better and more decentralized and more trustless that um, it'll be impossible to track things from the base layer. So who needs that? Unless you're like a pedophile or a doesn't terrorist. Matter. It, it's, not about, it's not about need. It's about the, it's so they're building technologies that don't need things. So like we, we, we used to have to have trust in a, in a uh, infrastructure of computers in order to do things. We took trust out that became blockchain now we're trying to make blockchain more efficient so we're like we're, we're taking the things out of all of the required resources to build the system eventually like you don't need to do things in order to move money across the internet and, and like cryptography based systems have it's like one of the few bastions of technology that puts all of the power in the hands of the defender as opposed to the attacker and that's this concept of like um a, 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 a system where the attacker has more power is like, say you build a building for a bunch of money, like millions of dollars to build a building. It may take a thousand dollars to destroy that building. So mm-hmm. it's like the power is in the hands of the attacker, but in cryptography based systems, the power is in the hands of the defender. It's much more costly for an attacker to get value out of a crypto, a, a secure yeah. cryptographic system than it is for the defender to defend himself. I mean, the government can can deem owning privacy coins illegal, and if other countries follow suit, it can kill mass adoption. Right? How are they going to know? Well, I think it'll play out the way like pirated music and pirated software a few years ago when there was like no Spotify and iTunes. You know, governments can develop. Uh, a zero tolerance approach, but they don't stamp it out entirely. It you can't. only that's the thing. It, 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 that all that does is make it more difficult to use. But it, you, no, it will it decreased its popularity, and then until it got better, came in, and then it got better. And 
you know, piracy is clearly illegal, but governments are going to have a much tougher time with privacy coins because there's nothing illegal about it. Well, so, the reason why they were able to do that in like the Napster days is because they had a central entity in which they could shut down. And then it came back, BitTorrent came back with a better version of itself and became more and more decentralized and more and more reliant on central authorities that governments could shut down. And so like now it's like what, five to 10% of all internet traffic is BitTorrent? Yeah, torting wasn't banned, but it, but it still enables piracy. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a it's a tool that people will use to do things with. It's like the same thing people say Bitcoin is for only for for drug money and black market. Mm-hmm. No, it's a it's a decentralized tool that enables people who would like to do things nefariously to do them better. It also enables a lot of other things which people can do. It, it it's the same thing as like nuclear like the discover of a uh, nuclear power. That enabled people to create nuclear bombs. Now, that's kind of a bad example because we created nuclear power to create nuclear bombs for wars, but like it also enabled nuclear power plants, which arguably has done a lot of good for the world. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, nuclear power for rockets and things like there's a lot of things that we do with nuclear power, like submarines and so on and so forth, that are really, really good. Does the discovery of nuclear physics mean it was only good for bad things no but i do think it's a bad place it's always a bad place if you start saying this thing is for bad people to use it when that's if there if there exists the case where it where good people are using it too then the argument is moot chris i kind of I mean, to a certain degree, that that just seems to me how technology rolls out. You know, I mean, think think about online dating. You know, when when that first started up, that that was only for the quote unquote bad people, right? Like you you got so much going wrong in in your life, you can't even meet someone in in real life, so you have to rely. On, I mean, that was that's what the losers did, and now that's the most common way people meet today. Yeah. Um, it got totally socially normalized. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's also an argument to be made about, you know, what, what about those first governments to get out ahead of it and to embrace it and to come out with their own central bank backed cryptocurrency, you know, instead of trying to fight the tidal wave. Um, you know, to me, it's, it's like going back to the, the Napster MP3 thing um, everyone thought MP3s were going to be the end of the recording industry. And if you were Columbia House, <laughs> yeah, you, you were done. Um, but look at iTunes. Percent. Remember those? What's that? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Then you then you find out what it's all about, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I, iTunes got out ahead of it. And they became the biggest recording studio of all time. And the music industry today is bigger than it was, you know, 25, 30 years ago. So I don't know. It just changes the game. It is interesting to think, you know, that this, this whole idea that our money is tied to a nation state. I mean, it seems so, so just basic to us, but you know, that's, that's the exception. That's not the norm. If you go back and look, through history, this is a relatively new development and it hasn't been in place that long. So maybe we just go back to the way things, you know, were for most time. Yeah. 
And it's just always, to me, the history of like the evolution of how we re- ended up with fiat currencies just seems just shady acres. Like we were, we were doing fine. And then it was because of the stock market and all these hyper capitalistic actions that all of a sudden we need the government to come in and say, yeah, we're going to control inflation and you're going to have to use this money. And that's just going to be the way it works. It was always like, what? That doesn't seem to make much sense because we've got along for thousands of years without it. So I don't know. I, I for one, know that it's not right to say like, oh, because you use a privacy coin, you're a pedophile or a terrorist because that's stupid. I mean, I use Bitcoin. I was like, a. it doesn't. I'm not a terrible human being like a terrorist or a pedophile. I just wanted to use Bitcoin. And if I want to use Monero or Zcash, but Nevertheless, without like what it implies about a person if we want to use the privacy coins, what about like the tech they're built on? Just the two, just the difference between Monero and uh, Zcash. So Monero's ring signatures, um, and that's how it kind of provides that privacy. Monero's a, a, a combination of a few things. Um, and it's then Zcash, zero knowledge proofs. They use zero knowledge but, snarks. So ZK snarks. Snarks. Succinct, non-interactive arguments of knowledge is the it's the the term there. Okay, so what does that mean to Joe, who likes to get his lifesavers from Seven Eleven? So I guess there's this <laughs> how that works is, and from a very very high perspective, is that you create a system of mathematical rules. So this is kind of like transacting, um, and then you play this this game that basically obfuscates all of that. And then creates these keys or, or primitives that you end up using. It's hard, it's hard to explain, but like basically what you end up with is a system that guarantees that you can do something encrypted within that within that rule set, and then you can verify. Like say, for instance, I, I send you a transaction using the end of the zero knowledge proof thing, and someone wants to look at that transaction. All it looks to them is like a bunch of gobbledygook, but they can do some math on that gobbledygook and prove that I followed all of the rules that were laid out in the beginning of the of the system creation. Mm-hmm. That means that like that's basically like the Bitcoin protocol. I send transactions. I didn't send more than I had, and I use the valid address, so on and so forth. Right? I'm doing all the rules of the system, but you can't see any of the details of the transaction. The details of that transaction are what my address is that I'm sending from, who I'm sending it to, and the amount. So you can't see any of that stuff. But mm-hmm. you, all you see is like a bunch of gobbledygook. But by doing some math on that stuff, you can prove without a shadow of a doubt that I followed all of the rules. Yep. That's the and idea of, of zero knowledge math. Your computer's yeah. doing the math. Yeah, of course. But like we that's and so you can you can have a system, a transactional system like Bitcoin that have servers that are verifying people are following the rules without knowing any of the details of those rules. So mm-hmm. only the person sending and receiving knows who they're sending it to and how much they're giving or how much they're receiving. And so onlookers, and what's nice about this is that you can selectively disclose information. So you can audit stuff if you give someone permission to see the, the details. What's interesting about Zcash is that it's not by default. So you can you can send transactions in the clear as it's called so people can see the information or you can send shielded encrypted transactions that no one can see 
Monero is encrypted or anonymous by default. That does it in a very different way. So that means like you can't send transactions in the clear based on how they do, how they obfuscate or, or like anonymize the same type of stuff. Who sent it, where they sent it to, and how much they sent. The, the technology that they use to do it um, is just on by default. And there's nothing you can do about that. The way I like to think about ring signatures, I like it about, I think about it like mixed from the jump. Yep. Like when, when it's, so we talked about mixers about three weeks ago and I explained that using like a Lego block example, but with Monero, it's basically mixed from the jump. Like you don't know who signed the transaction to send it off because it's a whole group of signatures in there and you don't know who signed it. And some of them can be fake. And some of them could be fake. And it's like, what is it? Is it hundreds or thousands? Of no, it's like eight. Yeah, it's eight. Not, oh, you don't I, need that I, I many. I don't think you need that many. It's, I think you need more than eight. Basically, I, just, I don't know. I forget the details off the top of my head. Um, but it's like, it's you You can't prove that somebody sent something. Yeah. But what if we? What if it was just direct peer-to-peer -peer trading and that was it? How are you going to send that message? Like somebody has to relay that information. There's a network of people that you're sending to. Yeah. How are you going to get that person's information and how are you going to route that message? And then who's routing when, when, when that person is routing that message to the, to the, in, to the end receiver, how much information can they see? And someone has to validate that network, validate that transaction between the two of you. So like mm -hmm. you need that central ledger type of thing and people who are validating that central ledger, how much information do they see? Like, I don't need to see much. If you look at a Monero blockchain, it's really hard to parse who has what. You look at the Bitcoin blockchain. I can tell you exactly who has what in terms of like addresses and amounts to those addresses. Yeah, it's not it, any criminals listening right now. If we do have criminals that listen to our shit, you might not want to do your dirt with Bitcoin. I'm just saying. Can I go to jail for what I just said? Are you allowed to give advice to criminals? That's not advice. I I think so. D <laughs> <laughs> said it. I didn't. That's not you, a part you, of the Bitcoin you're podcast. You're not giving them advice on how to commit a crime. Okay, yeah. Financial no. advice. Yeah, don't. I think I may need to get a lawyer. I say hashtag not any advice. Yeah, hashtag <laughs> this is, I never give advice ever. Hashtag never. <laughs> Shit. I don't know if I can. Anyways, I'll give you some advice. Bitcoin's, Listen to the Bitcoin podcast. What will, yeah, what I will say is Bitcoin is pseudonymous and not anonymous. So there you go. What's funny is like, I feel like it's going to be. Every time I start to feel like mass adoption is getting close, I realize how far away we are from some life interaction. And yesterday I was talking with my pops and he was like, I, I got some ransomware on my computer. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, this guy wants me to send him five Bitcoin or he's going to he's going to steal my whatever. And I was like, oh, shit, just go to a backup version of your desktop. That you that's recent and just ignore that. And he was like, I don't know about this Bitcoin thing. It seems like I keep reading a lot about it. it's for terrorists and stuff. And I'm like, golly, we're never going to get over that hump. I feel like it's never going to get over that hump. So, but, but, anyways. but his age group isn't, we're not relying on his age group for mass adoption. So it's cool. Yeah, definitely not. So, it's so cool. Dang, Joe, you just leave him, <laughs> you just leave, leave him at the, the dusty trail. Like, Ah, we don't need them. You know, I, I heard the best analogy the other day about that, that, that we're just, 
we're all at the Star Wars convention, right? And that's that's why adoption feels like it's right around the corner. Because you're at the Star Wars convention, you got your Wookiee costume on, you're surrounded <laughs> with everyone else who's into Star Wars. But then once you step outside and you leave the convention, it's like you're just some asshole in a costume. You know? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> such a good analogy for what's going on that, right now. Like the current state of things. Analogy. That is yeah. literally perfect. Um anyways. So, so what did the I got one question on on all this. What are the use cases? Right? Because I, I think just to say, you know, what what privacy coin is the right coin, that just to me seems like a very open-ended question. You know, are there are there certain cases where it makes more sense to use Monero over Zcash over something else? All right. Uh mm. I think I think like from a technology like from a use case perspective no i don't think there's much of a difference in use cases across the different coins um i think zcash is a push to fund research for more novel cryptography yeah um monero is trying to make like usable privacy coins as fast as possible so they're more ideological on um like privacy in a transactional sense whereas zcash is in my opinion more interested in pushing the technology of privacy when it comes to zero knowledge proofs. Uh, Dash is a marketing play to have a um, large network that does some type of privacy and it's better privacy than Bitcoin, of course. But from like a technological perspective, it's not superior in any way to the other other things. Um, and so like they're all, they're all kind of like the same use case. It's a matter of like what the technology actually does or what it's useful for and what the, what the, the community or network around it cares about the most. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, like Zcoin really cares about privacy and that's why they're pushing cryptography. I mean, like the majority of the people who were developers in that community are like lifelong cryptographers and the people who've come up with a lot of these things. Uh, Monero is taking the technology that currently exists, pushing it forward, and then making a usable network, but more heavily aligned with like people should be using private coins. And there's a lot of other stuff that like maybe pushing the Tor network, which is which is trying to keep people from seeing the network layer of things. They can't do network analysis. Zcoin and Monero more along the lines of like they can't do blockchain analysis to figure out who does what. Our guest has a lot of dash. Our our interviewee, he's got a lot of dash. Touché. Dash is master nodey, right? It's a little master node. Yeah, that's their whole thing is master nodes. Like you use the master nodes to use the private to use the privacy or instant transaction uh, features of that network. So they make elevated nodes within the network that have large stakes in the network to then mm -hmm. provide these services that the correlator like Bitcoin clone can't do. Without getting too bastardizy, a master node is like a server. Is that bastardizing too much? No, I like elevated, elevated privilege. It's a new word. Yeah. Bastardizy. Bastardizy. I'm going to bastardize this a little. Ma the master nodes have elevated privileges. And so you use them for extra features. And then they talk amongst themselves on how to do those features. And so you're just trusting that all the master nodes do those correctly. What happens when one of the master nodes doesn't agree with the other master nodes? Do you get EOS? They have their own. They have their own consensus. So, like, I think the master nodes run an alternative proof of stake mechanism for those features, but the base layer runs a proof of work consensus mechanism to run the blockchain. 
Yeah. Speaking of EOS, what's Brock Pierce been up to? Has anybody been watching out for that guy? We're interviewing him soon. Yeah. Yeah. I only keep seeing this video on LinkedIn. Every time I get on LinkedIn, this video shoots to the top of my feed of a of a Puerto Rican woman screaming at him and him looking really confused about why he's being screamed at. And that's have you guys seen that video? I have not. Like apparently, like Puerto Ricans are saying that he's practicing modern colonialism. And they're not trying to have that shit. So it's a very it's a funny video because it's you could see it in his eyes. It's like, I feel like I'm trying to help everyone. And they're like, you're not helping anyone. So <laughs> it's uh, interesting. I can't wait to have him on the show. But I don't know. I thought I thought about EOS because I was thinking about Masternodes and how terrible of an idea it is. Um, yeah, that's it. I guess we should cut to the interview, right? Uh, Chella tried. Yeah. Chella tried to. He had a he had a segue there pretty well, and you just blocked it. Oh, blocked it hard. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for noticing. I was a great not. segue, and you just destroyed it. <laughs> you segued. Oh my bad, man. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I, did, I did have a bidet thought though. If I introduce Rory, it's the closest I get to being Bruce Buffer. Well, you got to do it like Bruce Buffer. Oh please, Bruce Buffer. I can give that a shot. D- don't do it too well because he'll sue us. He's known for that. He's got that whole thing trademarked. So I think All he right. does have some of those chains trademarked. Oh, yeah, it's, super, so. it's super trademarked. All right, I can give it a shot. Like change a word or something. I will not. Vanilla ice. Vanilla ice is his entrance speak. Yeah. Okay. So, um, all right. Introducing first, recording live from the internet, standing between five foot seven and an even six feet tall, with a non-existent mixed martial arts record, but instead many hours logged behind the microphone. They've been training for this moment for over three years, hailing from Maryland all the way down to Texas, hosts of the Bitcoin podcast, D Cello and Corey. In the other corner of the studio, he's a mixed martial arts fighter. Speaking into an iPhone, most likely, standing at it even six feet tall and weighing in at 170 pounds with a mixed martial arts record of 20 wins, four losses. Former UFC welterweight number one contender, currently a true warrior fighting in the one true arena of Bellator as a defending, the reigning, undisputed welterweight champion of the world, presenting the pride of Calgary, the one, the yeah, only, Rory, the Red King. McDonald. Those are the real studio effects. <laughs> that was pretty damn good, Cello. That was that was good. Uh, anyways, here it is. All right, so we're here with special guest Rory McDonald. If you're unfamiliar with him, and Rory, I need to uh, preface this by saying. I'm a huge MMA fan. Corey here, he's a he's a BJJ practitioner and a fellow fight fan. So you're you're in good company, my friend. This isn't like a overly technical show. We're very familiar with you. Um, one, I would say you're one of the most decorated fighters in the game. You beat Nate Diaz, you know Tyron Woodley, BJ Penn. In fact, Chael Sonnen said that guys pretend that they want to fight you, but nobody wants to fight you. And I assume that's a huge compliment. Um, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Yes, yeah, current champion, uh, and you're looking to hold both the welterweight and the middleweight title when you take on Gregard Masasi on September 29th in Bellator. First and foremost, man, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for reaching out on Twitter. For sure. Um, I, I know last 
it was like this time last year you didn't have any merch and then I, I saw the bitcoin.com merch store and I was like, yeah, I mean, he's making progress. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. First, uh, like I want to go back in time a bit. It's the summer of 2014 and you're preparing for your fight with Tyrone Woodley, except you discover cryptocurrency. Tell us about that moment. What kind of attracted you to crypto and how did you know that this is something that you wanted to invest in? Yeah, so how it started is, um, okay, so basically when you're getting ready for a fight, you usually show up about five days before, and we kind of, we call that fight week. So it's all like cutting weight and getting ready, uh, doing your, your uh, promotional stuff. So it's just like the stuff days before the fight that, you know, you're, you're in the city, you're at your hotel room with your coaches and you're just preparing. So I was just like, doing my regular thing, regular fight week, getting ready to fight Tyrone, and just started talking about uh, this thing with my coach Faraz Zahabi. Um, he got introduced to Bitcoin through, from his brother, um, and so he just started telling me, oh, I'm gonna, I, I invested in this thing, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be huge, you know, and uh, so he started telling me all about it, like, just like, you know, very basic, you know, like, because he didn't have a huge understanding of it. So we started watching YouTube videos and things like that. I really got kind of hooked on it. And then uh, before you know it, I started buying them. And, uh, you know, just kind of like, uh, you know, I wasn't sold on the fact that it was going to be something huge. But over the years, the more I, like, stayed into it, uh, you know, I, I started to understand it more and the, how it could be applied to the world in the future, like, you know, and so it's just like, it's a long-term investment and, you know, it, it's just, I was, I was blessed to discover that, you know, before it got, you know, wildly popular. I think it's hilarious that like the people that I look up to in the fight community are talking to each other about this, this thing that now I'm like, I'm. Like heavily invested in like it's a, it's a part of my life like Faraz Zahabi is like the TriStar Gym is like and you you're all like incredibly well seated in the fight community and you're talking about the thing that I spend most of my time doing it's like this weird kind of, kind of like it's a weird world that I live in well I guess so I mean we're all we're all regular people we just do a weird job that's all yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure you've you've influenced you know I, I don't know, maybe Scott Coker, Chael Sonnen, maybe even GSP. Do, do people look at you sideways like, wh you know, what are you doing with this crypto thing, man? Just take a check at the end of the fight like we all do. Or is the response from fighters and promoters like, tell me about this cryptocurrency stuff. Tell me about Dash. Tell me about Bitcoin Cash. Essentially, it's almost like they're asking you for investment advice, I suppose. There's a bit of everything in there um, when you when you bring out cryptocurrency. So, Everyone at first, when they never heard about it, looked at you. It's a bit of a sideways look, but you know, the more you start talking about it, it gets, a lot of people get interested, you know, because they can see where the future is going with technology and and you know, uh, currency and things like that. So, and just just the way the world is, is shaping, like forward thinkers start, you know, take take note to these things, you know. So uh, you get everything. You get a mix of everything. Um, yeah, it looked like Chael Sonnen copied my Dash proposal, so he, yeah. he got one pass. Um, uh, my buddy Jeff, who helped me with the Dash proposal, and Chael, uh, I set him up with uh, Scott Coker, and I think they met with Paramount and stuff, so they had some meetings. But 
So like there's interest there, you know. So it's it's pretty cool to see. Let's talk about like uh like I, I kind of want to want people to understand the that what it's like to be a fighter and how you get paid as a fighter. And I, and I feel like there's a good a good portion of the fighters out there don't like the the money that comes from the actual fighting isn't a lot. I think a good portion of like more often than not, a good portion of the revenue that you make is funding comes from like sponsors, systems, such. Depending on what what program you're a part of, like how has cryptocurrency it, helped you allow you to become a fighter? Yeah, so it really depends where you are on the totem pole. Yeah. You know? So um, everybody starts out at the bottom, and you've got to you know claw and scrape your way to the top, hopefully. So everyone's kind of, you know, it suffers in the beginning. And if you make it to the the top, uh, you know, championship level, that's and you can hang around that area or maintain championship level, you're going to start seeing your pay getting increased and sponsors being increased and things like that. But that's that's the thing about the fight the fight game. It's not like it's not like any other professional sport where you can. You could be a, a bencher and still be a millionaire. You gotta, you gotta really like, you gotta make a name for yourself and you gotta shine or else you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna make it, you know, you're not gonna make big bucks. So it's all about getting to the top and maintaining that position for a long time. Yeah. I wanted to talk a bit about, I guess, the pursuit of greater compensation. You, you've been pretty transparent that you're kind of like a businessman first, a fighter second. And I wanted to read you a quote from Eddie Alvarez this week. He says, "I'm probably every- the opposite, to be honest. I'm probably oh, really? the first, business second. Yeah. Well, I guess that's true. As great as you are, you know? <laughs> but I don't know, though. Like, I mean, I, so, I, I, I'm, I guess I, I'm. As you get older, you, you, you know, you have a different philosophy. But you know, I started on this game just as a, a young kid that had a passion for this, and, um. This is all I knew, you know. But you, as you get older, you learn new things, and you know you grow. So yeah, I've, I've obviously I've I've grown, and I've learned a lot of things along the way. But I mean, at the end of the day, my the best skill I have in this world is to is to fight competitively. Well, I mean, I mean, from a from a fight fan myself, the way I see it from the outside looking in, and, and you have someone like Eddie Alvarez who said everybody in the UFC is underpaid. And I don't know if he's just sour because he went from headlining events, but ever since McGregor knocked him out, he's been stuck on the fight night cards instead. You know, with that said, yeah. Dash paid you more than the entire Reebok payout of a UFC event around that same time. And it seems to me, even if you classify yourself as a fighter first and a businessman second, you've kind of figured out how to simply get paid while people in the UFC are chasing Brock Lesnar. They're trying to have Conor McGregor charisma and they just they complain and get frustrated. But you figured it out. You know, why do you think it's so hard for fighters to figure out how to be happy with their payouts? Yeah, it's, it's like too many people are attacking the people who are on top, which is the promoters right now and complaining that they want their fair share. But no, no one's gonna, no one's gonna give you that. You have to go out there and take it. That's the, that's the world. So that's what my philosophy was. Like, I'm not gonna just keep sitting here and complaining and taking this punishment. I'm gonna go out there and make opportunities for myself. And that's, that's been the last few years, what I've, you know, from moving to Bellator and, you know, seeing all these opportunities. And, and I, 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 it, I can't take all the credit for it because, you know, I feel very blessed that God put me on this path. You know what I mean? I, 
felt like I had this huge plan that I was going to get all this Dash sponsorship. It's just, it's been a, a blessing one after another, you know? So all my thanks is to God. Can you, can you, can you detail, um, kind of, you said you, you wrote a Dash proposal. What was that like? Like as, as a, as a fighter, what did you do to then either incentivize them to then sponsor you or did they come after you in the first place and you kind of laid out what it would take to then become a sponsor? Well, um, it actually started with Faraz again, funny enough. Um, he knew, uh, Jeff, uh, who I was telling you about earlier mm-hmm. and he, um, he's involved with putting proposals into the network and things like that. And he's an MMA fan. So, uh, I was talking with Faraz about it and I ended up just like started talking to Jeff about Dash and things like that, just very innocently. And he's telling me about how the network is, uh, how, how they operate. So started, uh, getting edu- educated by him. And then I was like, why don't we do a proposal for one of my fights? And that's how it all started. And he helped me out with it. And, you know, we, we, uh, we, we worked together. He, he, he uh, did all like the, all the, you know, the complicated stuff as far as, you know, I don't know how to put proposals in. He, he took care of all that for me. And, uh, yeah, we, we worked together and, you know, we sold our, our pitch to the network and they liked it. And, you know, we followed through and everyone was happy. I have to say, uh, based on that, um, I want you to submit a proposal to us to sponsor you. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. I, I, w- I would love to be a part of like putting our name out there to try and help like fighters like you uh do what they love doing and like 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 I don't know like me and me and Chella both watch UFC and MMA Bellator like, as much as we possibly can and like we yeah. we heavily respect the amount of work that y'all put in that I think a lot of people kind of n- neglect and like like oh, I yeah and I and like what 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 like what does it take to be a sponsor for a fighter like what are, like what are the steps you have to go through to for, to to kind of gain these sponsorships well, you you gotta basically uh, you just start with some dialogue, you know, and see see what uh, you guys are uh, as a sponsor, what you're looking to do. You know, some people want to get the t-shirt, some people want to just get a patch on the shorts or something like that, like or something completely away from fighting, like away from the fight in general. You know, just like um, you know, like GSP doing those uh, those drinks. Yeah, like it could be anything, really. Uh, it really depends the, the the target that the sponsor wants to to do with the fighter, um, and you guys just discuss and see what openings there are, and you know, and then and then once you guys find what works, then you just start negotiating. Like, what's this? What's this project worth to both of us? You know, and how can we make it work? Oh yeah, there's some real estate on your shorts. Well, I don't care if it's on your shoelace. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk more about that for sure. Well, you struck a deal with, with, uh, Bitcoin.com. Are you, did you have conversations with Roger Ver? Yeah, I've been a, a buddy with Roger just for a little while, like just talking on Twitter, you know, and he's a BJJ brown belt and, you know, so it was like an easy connection. And, uh, but also just the guys that work at Bitcoin.com and the Bitcoin.com store like everybody reaching out to me a bunch of like community from the bitcoin cash community uh because they seem that I, I i agree with the that that uh that project as well so just 
you know, reaching out to people on Twitter, that's really what it is. And it's like, you know, starting relationships like that. Yeah, most people, Corey, I don't know if you would attest to this, but most people don't agree with Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash at the same time. It's, it's either like a fork in the road and someone decides to walk either path. Are you, you're more in the camp where like, you know, maybe Bitcoin has evolved to the point where it's not the original vision anymore and now Bitcoin Cash is kind of the proponent that we need to start pushing. Do, do you kind of agree with that? I just feel that, you know, obviously it forked uh, last summer. And I just feel like one one group of people went a completely different went on a completely different project that kept the name, and an, another group that stayed the course. And unfortunately, they didn't carry they don't have the original name anymore. So it's just I think time will tell. Um, and you know, just it's it's all gonna it's the 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 week will get weeded out in time. That's that's just the way the world works. So. I mean, we'll figure it out in time. It's funny that like a a fighter probably has the best uh, recommendation for how things get sorted out in the blockchain space. And I think that's <laughs> that you, you kind of nailed it on the head there. The week will be sorted out in time, and and what what works is going to work, and what doesn't won't. And so, and that's exactly. that's kind of how you win in fighting, right? And that's kind of the whole ultimate goal of MMA is to find out what works and do that thing. Yeah, that's right. It's like no one's going to adopt something that doesn't actually work or, you know what I mean? Like it could be great in theory, but if it isn't, it isn't useful in practice then no one's going to actually want to use it, you know? So yeah, that's my, my thoughts on it. Oh man. So I, like, do you, uh, do you like try and keep up with things? Is it, is it, is it difficult? I know, like I know, I know fighters spend an exorbitant amount of time training, especially at your level. A good portion of your time is spent and focused on maintaining the championship. Uh, how much time do you actually get to spend towards like trying to figure out how cryptocurrency is moving or how things work and things like that? Well, actually, you know, you, you spend a lot of time training, but a job like this job, it's, you actually have a lot of spare time, to be honest with you. So I'm very blessed to have like, you know, extra hours to do research on these kind of things. So I've actually been able to spend a decent amount of time. I'm no expert by any means or programmer or, you know, you know, but I, I'm, I like to look into it. I like to research and, you know, you know, as much as I can understand, I like to, you know, learn and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Well, people are telling me like, you know, we both have young, young kids. Uh, my daughter's three. Some people are like, you know what, just, take a Bitcoin and put it in like her savings account or her college fund and just sit on it for 15 years and she can go to any college she wants. You know, that, that's yeah. kind of the advice Unless I get. Now. Unless it's forked. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's forked and you, you didn't have the right wallet. So <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to talk uh, real quick because when we started this podcast, we had, no idea that we were going to have numerous, you're not the first MMA fighter I went on. We've had Stefan Bonner and, uh, we met Michael Bisbing. John Fitch has been on the show a couple of times and he said he was confident that he can beat you because he's a bad stylistic matchup. And I wanted to know. Yeah, he's, he's in the tournament actually, the welterweight tournament. So we might yeah. find out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, any, any words for a fellow crypto competitor or is he not even on your radar? <laughs> Uh, of course he's on my radar. He's in the tournament. So I, I'll be very, uh, pleased to, to fight a guy like him. He's all, he's obviously, 
you know, a world-class competitor, but I just, I don't see him, uh, as, at the, the upper echelon, let me say, uh, anymore. You know, he, he, at one point he was fighting for the title, the world title, and, uh, you know, he was, he was, he's still very good and he's dangerous, no one to take lightly, but, um, I think he might be a little bit, uh, older, you know, uh, <laughs> he's older and he's might yeah. be biting off a little bit more than he thinks he could chew. That's all, but it's okay. I mean, uh, like I said, uh, fighting, you know, we, we figure it all out. So no stress. Yeah, man. I, I, I have no doubt you'll be middleweight champ. And then I even saw those conversations of you participating at heavyweight. Can you imagine if you were a tri belt holder? I just, <laughs> I, the future's yeah. bright, man. That's all I can say. Yeah, you, you never know. Um, I, I'm, I'm very blessed to be in the position I am and work with a promoter like Bellator that's, you know, wanting to give me these opportunities because, you know, in the UFC, this, these opportunities might not be there. So this last couple of years have been a dream come true in my career. And, uh, you know, so, some of the things that I've been able to do is, and be a part of is, you know, something I've always wanted to do. So it's, it's really cool. I'm, I'm very excited. Well, uh, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to come talk to us and uh, sharing uh, your wisdom with our audience and kind of like giving them a perspective of what it's like to uh, be a fan of a lot of the technology while letting it like, ex- like help you excel in what you do. And I think that's one of those things that people kind of lose sight on is that like uh, yeah. this type of technology allows you to do what you do better by not having to worry about a lot of the nonsense. Like you can be funded by these, by these projects and then focus on fighting and become like a world champion. Uh, totally. It's, I mean, it's like, uh, it's, I think it's just such a great resource for people to tap into now in business, you know, especially in fighting. I mean, there's, there's a lot of money in, in it and it's, it's early. It's, you know, a lot of people want to get it out there, push it on, to the world so i mean i think we should all you know get involved in any way we can we can make it happen in our in our own business you know for me is it's sponsoring and pushing it out there on my platform and things like that so you know you believe in it and you should i think you should uh you should apply it somehow into your life and before you know it it might be a very good investment yeah (laughs) maybe uh uh, so we got one more question for you. It's what we ask all of our guests. In ten words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? Peer to peer cash system. Nailed it. Electronic cash system. <laughs> yeah, <nailed it. laughs> electronic. <laughs> electronic. I forgot the key word. Uh, it works for us. It's it, actually you're you're one of the few people that actually sticks to ten words or less. So that's that's you already won in our in our minds. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so we're, uh, you know, this episode is going to go out next week and I, we're going to plug the hell out of your Bitcoin.com store. Make sure people get that exclusive merch and please don't be shy. We don't have Roger Bear pockets. We don't have super deep pockets, but we got enough to have conversations to maybe get on your sock or get on the back of your shorts. <laughs> like, you let us know, man. We're here to support you. All right, bro. So, uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch and, uh, maybe we'll be on the show again soon. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much. Okay, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Later. And we're back. 
<laughs> we hope you enjoyed that interview uh, with Rory McDonald. He's a fighter. He's an MMA fighter. What's his speciality? Karate? Or That's his the, you should not talk about MMA. Let's just not go. <laughs> yeah, just just cool. don't even you, try. You're so bad. You You're so bad. at You don't even like MMA, so don't pretend you do. You've <laughs> been trying to fight me and Cello for I'm so long I'm, about whether or not it's even a legitimate thing. You cannot talk no. about it right now. I I just want to know if he likes kicks or punches. <laughs> well, that's the same thing. That would make him a striker. What? You can't just bucket kicks and punches. It's a totally different button on fighting games. It's if someone went out there and only kicked, then you would just block all the... They'd be doing Taekwondo. <laughs> if they were just really kicky, they'd be doing Taekwondo. Like, how wrong from Tekken? What, anyway. Why are you laughing? This is I just want to know what the man's preference is. Is he a boxer? Does he do sweep kicks? What's his thing? What's his shtick? I'd say he's a well-rounded MMA fighter. He's more he's more like prowess in the art of like just being well-rounded in the game. He's got a real good ground game. He's got a real good striking game. He, he's got great. He's great in the clinch. I don't know what he specializes in though. I think I'm not terribly sure he does. So he's like king then. If you were a Tekken fighter, which Tekken fighter would he be? That's what I'm trying to get down to. He's got a black belt in BJJ. Oh, he's he's got a great ground game. I don't know if there are any BJJ fighters in Tekken. I'm looking them up. Okay. Um, sorry who, about that, Who Chris. would win in the fight of a guy who only kicks versus a guy who only punches? Mm. Um, I think... I think we, we demonstrated that with McGregor versus Mayweather. Good point. He started uh, Team Toshido Fighting Arts Academy. I don't know what that is. Toshido is karate, isn't it? Isn't it a branch of karate? <laughs> Sorry. I can say it like that without keeping a straight face. The only time they say karate is in like... In that was the, the name of his team. <laughs> I think the only like... I don't know. I think his main belt is VJJ. Anyways, Rory McDonald, he's a fighter. And he also likes crypto. He's probably being sponsored by some cryptocurrency team or something. I don't know, but he is. I was sorry. I was out on that interview, so I don't know the the deets. I, I covered it. We can move on. I, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, he's, he's been doing important battleship research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get D that information. <laughs> he needs to know it. Um, so. What what else is on the docket, guys? We had like four talking points. We have a we... guest. Let's see what he wants to talk about. Chris, what do you want yeah. to talk about? Oh man, tell me tell me what's going on with you guys since what has it been? March? I know the show's been exploding. The network is uh it's taken off. It's uh it's getting out there. Um individually or as a unit? Yeah, because we're trying well, both, to grow the network. Both. I'm bit. just I'm I'm going to flip the tables on you. I'm interviewing you. It's oh, my show shit. now. Oh, snap. Mm. I would, I would, for oh, me, I, we're trying to fill in gaps in the network to make the most well-rounded network. So when you're done traveling and you're done teaching and you want to take it to the next level, there's always a spot. <laughs> yeah. We, we can talk we about doing some, something. We have some shows that we'd like to launch. Ultimately, when it's all said and done, we'd love to have enough content to have a 24-hour a network of all crypto all the time, either audio, video, content. So that's what that's our slow, long goal there. 
Um, we have been looking, if you're listening and you're an active trader and you feel like you can educate either like with a, with a video presence now, like you don't have to just do audio. If you want to launch some sort of show on our, our YouTube, please chime in and help us out. We're looking to replace our trading show. Um, but we're trying to basically provide content for, for, for all types of consumers in this space. So that's been the, the, the long play for the Bitcoin Podcast Network. And we're growing and growing. We have a new show coming up on the 20th of August called the Bullpen Podcast with the Crypto Bully based out of St. Louis like DJ. I think we have a unique aspect, though. And Corey's new show, Hashing It Out. I don't know if you are familiar with Hashing It Out, Chris. No, tell me about this. Oh, geez. It's a uh, all the all the cool kids are listening. It's to a it. technical dive. It's it's supposed to be around like what are the main issues with scaling blockchain technology, and what are the current solutions that are trying to solve them, and like trying to explain them and poke holes in them from a technical perspective. So we like, we don't shy away from digging into as many weeds as we under, as we can find. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm in definitely fact, tuning in for that one. I would say like in. In your lane, Chris, with all the education that you do, hashing it out may be something that you just keep in your hip pocket because Corey and Colin go deeper than most. I don't think there's another podcast out there that is diving into the technicalities of what people say they can do and what they can actually do. And it, it's just in a league of its own right now. Um, no, that's I will probably, absolutely jump on board that one. And, and if uh, you're, that's one if I'll you're, share with the students. If you're you curious mind. about certain types of technologies, please like, uh, like let me know. Like I'm, I'm open to dive into any part of this, of this community, whether it be, you know, privacy coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, smart contracts, like scaling layer two solutions, you name it. I want to dig into it and understand how it works, why it works and what holes it may have. And like scaling issues as you, as you try and grow it out for mass adoption. Cause like, after all, that's the that's the main goal. But how we improve this stuff makes a difference in whether or not that's going to be achievable or when it's going to be achievable. So we look at like as much as we can to understand like where things are going and why why they're going that way. So yeah, the price can go up and we can buy cars. Yep. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not why we're doing this. Okay. I mean, I, if, the more you <laughs> understand, that's a byproduct of all this. The better you understand things, the better decisions you can make about what you think is going to make it. Yeah, I love it. Every time I get on my high horse about the price doesn't matter, Cello posts that picture of that like Middle Eastern king who's got gold necklaces and and gold rings, and is like, "I'm in it for the tech." Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) true. It's always there. Um, Also, I started a show called Just the Headers, Chris, which is just me. Uh, I basically aggregate all the headlines from the mainstream crypto news outlets like you've got your bitcoin.com uh your ccn um, coin telegraph coin desk all the news they put out and then i discuss it with a, a member of our slack uh the co-host of that show jesse oh um, i jump in there from time to time in fact does true story last time i was on i made a bird joke and i got i got some dms saying that it was hilarious and they want to hear more Bird jokes. So I have a bird joke for <laughs> my fans. All right. Indulge me. You got, if you you got one today? I got one right now. All right. Uh, bird joke number two a duck walks into a drugstore and buys a chapstick. And the clerk says, uh, Will that be cash or charge? And the duck says, Just put it on my bill. Thank you very much. 
(laughs) (laughs) So you can catch me on just the headers like once every four or five episodes. I'm in there or every time on this show or every time the the, the once a month bird joke (laughs) once a month bird joke i got an ostrich joke Uh, (laughs) um yeah so we we've got seven shows in total uh looking to keep growing that i think we'll i think good growth will be 10 that'll be when we can you know take a break from growth and focus on like that like the actual core of how we grow it out so yeah so if you hate your free time you know there's always room yeah uh it, yeah, i would love to chat with you guys about that it's yep. a lot of fun and, oh, snaps. Uh, yeah it's, throw me I, i'll take over the investment advice show and i'll just give people bad investment advice on a weekly <laughs> we have our own bad crypto on our show yeah yeah we'll call it self-made hundred air oh Oh, we could see Ophelia. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm handling this. Hold on. <laughs> Instead of just hearing Ophelia creeping, you guys could see her. Hey, that's Ophelia. You've heard her for three years, and she's in the background. You've heard her from a little baby, uh, a tiny woman. <laughs> she looks like the, the ring ghost. Dude, that looks so creepy a little <laughs> yeah, bit. <laughs> what are you talking about? I have no kids. What, what are you talking <laughs> um, So... Yeah, I'll cover yeah, her up. That's what we've been up to, man. Just trying to grow the network. Um, Corey, actually, our most recent success. I'm going to congratulate the shit out of you on social media, Corey. So I hope you're ready for it. And you too, Cello. You recently started. You got a gig too. Um, both of you guys talk. You're working in the industry. So you can just basically say what you do for the industry. I mean, I've been, I've been working in the blockchain industry, quote, like quote unquote industry for a while now. But I, this is the first, like, I don't know, real position of a, of an established company within the, within the industry. And I work for I'm a security engineer for status. I am, which is a, uh, like a dark messaging platform and a window to the Ethereum blockchain. By dark messaging, cool. <laughs> by dark messaging, I mean like it's, <laughs> it's, it's completely anonymous in terms of like, no one can, uh, it, it runs off whisper protocol. So it's encrypted end to end. You have nothing to hide. Well, yeah, because like you gotta you gotta work out how much guns and drugs you're buying off the dark web before you actually send the privacy currency. Well, of course, yeah. I'm trying to like get a people get a group of people together to come over and do some jujitsu. I want to make sure that no one can view that and uh, see all the guns we're talking about. Yeah, Corey actually has a jujitsu wrestling room in his house. That's how serious it gets. That's- Corey and I did jujitsu the night before his wedding, and I almost broke my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> whenever, Almost, huh? whenever we get drunk he's like let's let's roll and i'm like where are we going man he's like no not the slang definition we're gonna no, actually- I, i've stopped doing that I've, I've almost hurt too many people yeah man you almost broke my wrist yeah, i stopped i stopped that that was that was a bad that was a bad line of of, of life <laughs> <laughs> could we this this could be a new show yeah, I will just we'll just do three minutes in the ring. You come out, we'll talk about a topic. You go back in <laughs> on video. Yeah. Um, and Cello, you got a gig. Yeah, I work for uh, Neon District, which is a, a Ethereum uh, video game built on Loom's Ethereum sidechain, and uh, the MVP launches in December. Nice, nice. What is awesome. What's up? 
What's the launch? Are you allowed to talk about any of that stuff yet? Or uh, no. Okay. Well, that's all you guys get. Neon District. <laughs> um, I said too much already. Yep. But it's coming along good. And there's a good team. Well, we're not we're not doing the Lord's work like Corey, but you know, there's an entertainment side to the space that some people often forget about. So we're taking yep. care of that. Ether gaming. Absolutely. Gaming is going to take this world by storm. I think. I do. Could, I, go I think this is, I, there's one something I wanted to mention. There, there's this game called. Uh, we actually featured them on announcements called um, uh, Gods Unchained. Yeah, and they just sold a freaking card for 143 ether, making it the second most valuable trading yeah, card. That's wow. nuts. Yeah. Yep. I feel like that's not like. I want to say it's not legitimate. Like it's like a way for people to move money without actually like. It's a purpose to move a bunch of money for actually an ulterior purpose for moving money. It's like, it could be marketing. <laughs> I, I totally marketing. agree with that. Or it's legitimate and the game's that popular. I don't understand that, but I'm also like probably not their demographic. Sometimes you have money to launder, but the strip club is closed. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The $20 isn't going to cut it for uh, card games. You got to do it. Through. Yeah. <laughs> the strip club is never closed, Chris. You're going to have trouble. Getting Daisy to get you your ones. Uh, <laughs> Candy cane. <laughs> well, I Come still love that it's a $20 bill for 20 ones. Like, she's nothing but a change machine. Yeah, D is cheap. There's no tip in there. There's nothing. Cheap. He doesn't go to them quality <laughs> day strip after clubs. day. You should hear her sigh as I'm like going through the smaller bills. Like, ah, oh, there's a 20 in here somewhere. It's a five, five. Do you have a less sweaty one? Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. there's way too much glitter on this yeah (laughs) I'm a businessman I can't have glitter on my money (laughs) that would be a good skit Um, (laughs) uh, you know we might want to move we might want to move our live sessions to not to a time that's like you know more approachable to the rest of humanity it's not early in the morning on a Saturday no, you guys, we're doing this early morning Saturday shit. That, that, you know, that's where that's that's where I know the majority of people that I know are online and YouTube at early morning Saturdays. We're targeting <laughs> the European market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're. It, what are you doing with your life if you're not on YouTube at nine o'clock in the morning, or Pacific seven, or, or like seven or six o'clock in the morning on Pacific time? Yeah, we're not doing that right. But we just this is our third live stream, okay? So we'll get it together. Um, so yeah, Chris, that's what we've been up to in a nutshell. I um I work for the network pretty much full time, so that's what I've been up to. Um, trying to set us up for success. Hopefully, I do it well. Um, that's that. Hey, so you know what question I get all the time? I would love to hear your guys' take on, because you're all in the space full-time one way or another. Um, everyone's always asking, you know, hey, what's what's your advice if I want to get into blockchain, if I want to do something in cryptocurrency, you know, how do I go about that? What's that first step? I'd love to hear your guys' take on that. Um, I can take this one, or at least my perspective. Y'all can take it after Yeah, get your perspective and then I'll... Uh, educate yourself as much as possible. Invest, and in, if you want to invest in this space, invest in yourself. I mean, if you... If you want to future-proof yourself, uh, this is the best way to do it, in my personal opinion, because we're remaking what money is and how to move value across the network, and we're literally programming money. 
if you want to have a skill set that's going to be useful for a very, very, very long time, learn how to do that. And you're going to have a skill set that will that will reap benefits later on down the line. Hmm. Okay. That's so what I've done. And it's, paid, and it's, like, it's, it's what I've done. It's worked great for me. I, I expect it to continue to work great for me. And I think and anyone that I've talked to who has done something similar has been successful. Just dive into it. Um, I, I don't think like, sure, invest where you think it's appropriate and with the money that is appropriate for investing. But mm. don't do that until you understand the thing you're investing. But spend more time trying to understand the, the technology and fruit will show itself. And then it's, it's, it seems unreasonable not to pick it, pick it up when it shows itself. Yep. That's a good way of looking at it. I mean, building the skill sets is that's obviously. So what do they say? Like the, the hardest route bears the most fruit, right? Like the route least taken. That's definitely the hardest route to take um, is diving into the deeply technical aspects of the space. But also it's going to bear you the most fruit because you'll be able to make the wisest decisions. Uh, you'll be able to partake in conversations that other people aren't privy to. And the conversations that I'm talking about are like how this stuff is built and how it's going to operate. Now, I will strange one thing, as you said, Corey, is you're not necessarily building like rebuilding money. You're rebuilding value. Yeah, like it's more generally, period, right? how value transfers. What is valuable? What isn't valuable? Like we're redefining that in the digital era. And if you want to be a part of how that's defined, we'll learn how this shit works. Um, I would say there's a huge communal aspect to this. Um, if you want to get in the space, join a community, get, get on a project that you like. If you, if you're way into cryptography, go see what the Zcash crew is doing. Zuko loves cryptography. It's his jam. Hop in there, talk to the people. Um, you know, if, if you just want to know investing, there's so many investing groups that are free. Just look and find, find good good people like investing groups is not new deal. Like people have investing groups for the uh, stock market. They have investing groups for um, commodities markets. Like there's all sorts of investing groups out there. If you want to treat this as an investment, then go find a community because like your single efforts are never going to be better than the efforts of a group of people. And if you can contribute to that group, then, you know, you get out what you put in, you know, so I would say there's a heavy communal aspect to this. Go join a community. Um, if you have your current skill sets, there are lots of companies now, like tons. A lot of companies made a lot of money with ICOs, and a lot of them are legitimate, and a lot of them are hiring. So go on to they're, CoinDesk. They're all go. hiring. They're all hiring big time. Go on a coin desk and go on to Coin Telegraph. I know those have directories there. No, 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 um, no, no, no. Go to go to crypto.jobs. Crypto.jobs. The only one you need. Go to crypto.jobs and go look. Like there's people need regular shit now. Like, oh, if you've been an accountant for 10 years and you're getting bored with it, well, go be a financier or go be an accountant for one of these companies that just made $80 million in 30 minutes. Like they need your help because most likely, if they're a company that's about some shit in this space, they're focused on building and they're not focused on the other stuff you need to run something successful. Right. They need people to help them with that. 
Um, and if you don't believe me, go to DevCon and look at some of the presentations and look at some of the speeches and you're like, God, you guys need help. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so true. And John, I, I can speak to that. I came in on the tail end of that. I, I don't want to say anything. This is all subjective, but I don't think that you should, you should uh, embrace the communal events. I think if you're getting to the space, you should do your own research first and form your own opinions before you start getting swayed by the free community chats and the, and the traders and the, the communities and the groups. Um, I think you'll, you'll have a stronger stance in the space. If you do your own research and form your own opinions, Except uh, our community. You can join our community. We'll, we'll, we'll see you the right way. Yeah. When we're, uh, when we're actually talking about crypto, we'll steer you the right way. <laughs> Sometimes we get a little off the rails. Well, yeah, it's, the, be... it's, it's the equivalent of like if I was getting into the space and I only listened to announcements, how effective would that be? Not effective at all. So that's why we're, there's other shows on the network that can kind of help you with that. Yep. Um, so that would be my answer. Go get a job. Crypto jobs. We need you. Um, learning about crypto is a nascent property of uh get working in this space and the more you know about crypto the better off you are uh, and now it's chris's turn to answer that question because you asked it yep yeah <laughs> well you know i i love that uh you guys kind of confirmed a, a big point i always make um which is just just how much opportunity there is in this space um for folks outside of any kind of development or engineering background. You know, I think that's just one big, huge misconception that, that if you can't code, you don't have anything to do in this space. Um, you know, the, the answer I give is, is that right now, all the opportunity kind of seems to be concentrated on, on two extremes of the spectrum, either the really small startups, you know, the groups, like you mentioned, that just ICO'd and need a bunch of help um, at kind of one end. Um, and then down at the big end, you got you got the Fortune 500s, you know, the Visa, American Express, HSBC, groups like that, um, who are really into into the technology, and they know it's going to be significant. Um, and it's it's still early in the middle market. Um, mm -hmm. So my advice is always, you know, pick pick which end excites you the most. Um, you know, if you want to get into the, the startup scene, I, I think, you know, the resources you guys mentioned, Hey, go out to, go out to CoinDesk. Look who just ICO. They're going to need your help. Reach out to them, find the projects that align with your interests. Um, I, I absolutely agree with, and if you want to get on in on that bigger end of it, um, you know, you have to understand if, if you're a company like American express and you just learned about blockchain and you think it's going to be significant. Um, there's a pretty big delay between the time you say, we got to get some of this talent and expertise in house and the time that you've come up with a job title, a description, a salary, what cubicle are they going to sit in? Who are they going to report to? You know, where do we post the job? What do we call it? What questions do we ask during the interview? How do we screen good candidates? Um, you know, so the opportunity's there. Um, but there's, there's just this 12, you know, sometimes 12 month delay. Uh, between a company of that size deciding they want to bring in that skill set and actually having a job posting. So uh, if if you want to get in at a bigger organization, you have to be proactive. You have to reach out to them. Um, but there's a there's a ton of opportunity there at either end. Yeah. Opportunity. That's probably one of the best. 
that's that's a really great answer, Chris, and I'm glad you brought that up because opportunity is abound in this space. Like everything is is pretty much being built from the ground up. And well, if so, you, if you don't see something you like, create create it yourself, like we did. Yeah. And then, oh, I saw an amazing tweet by hopefully our podcast brethren. I'm really trying to work with this man, Clay. I hope you're listening. Clay Collins tweeted something, and he said, um, "The number one." Uh, Bitcoin, uh, the number one crypto exchange, which has brought in what's going to be billions of dollars in profit this year. It's going to bring in billions, like a multiple of billions of profit, not revenue, profit started less than 18 months ago. Bitcoin's nine years old. That so was if you, huh? That was 12 months ago. Well, less than 18 months still counts, baby. But <laughs> sorry, less than 12 months ago. Um, yeah, Binance started less than a year ago, and it's the number one exchange on the planet. And so if you think you have a good idea, build the shit out of it and maybe surround yourself with people who are excited about your idea and continue to build the shit out of it because this space is ripe for the picking. So, you know, don't don't sit on ass and expect to reap rewards from this space because we're past that point where you can sit on ass and get rewards. Come into it. You get in, well, you get out what you put in. So that is that. Well, look at you guys. I mean, you guys are, are full charge marching ahead to have the first 24-7 blockchain content, you know, all blockchain all the time. You guys are going to be the CNN of blockchain. We're um, marching very slow. I could be. <laughs> yeah, It's steady as hell, though. You're marching, though. Yeah, it's steady as hell. <laughs> slow. We've been trying for seven months to get a merchandise store, Chris. We're we're marching steady. <laughs> we have people that hey, are slow and steady wins the race. They're like, we're, but, uh, I'm trying to give you money. What is wrong with you guys? And we're like, look, it's a process, okay? It's a it's a <laughs> you you'll get your shirt. I mean, you can pre-order it. You can send us the money, and when the shirts get made, we'll send it to you. Whenever that'll be. I like how you're wearing the shirt as you talk to them about the shirts they can't. Um, we ordered this in 2013. Finally got it last week. That's how we. You know, it's like Tesla making a T-shirt. Pay us now. We'll give it to you eventually. Well, it's not about making it. It's about it making sure that we can like pay taxes on all the stuff that we do, and you know, have a have a legal entity, and possibly hire somebody, and not have to wor- them worry about shit. Yeah, we're trying to learn the whole business side of this whole shindig. So we're good at podcasting with us. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, but that's you know, if, if you guys had started this whole thing and and it wasn't the Bitcoin podcast, it was the Star Trek podcast or the MMA podcast or the Up Early on a Saturday Morning podcast, like you you would have so much more competition. <laughs> um, and that's that's what's amazing about the opportunity in this space is yeah. just, you know find what you enjoy doing and it's white space. Go plant the flag and wait for someone else to come kick you off the hill. Yep. Find your real estate or just go buy it on Decentraland. So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap cool it up. Is, I, before we wrap, I, I think like we're one of the earliest podcasts. If we continue doing this podcast, we'll always be one of the earliest podcasts in the space. And yeah. no one can kind of take that away. All right, I like that. And I like that there's a there's basically an archive of audio history in in our in our catalog. It's really interesting ever since we started doing so, Chris, every once in a while. Maybe around twice a month, where we release one of our very old episodes, uh, because podcasting apps only like give the last 100 episodes mm-hmm. of your feed, 
And we've done over that just in the seven months. So a lot of people aren't getting like those good bits of wisdom from Andreas from back in 2013, 2014, uh, sorry, 2015. And they're not getting, you know, what was, uh, what was it like to talk to Brock Pierce when he was only doing a little bit of drugs? Find out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can find out. And then like, uh, talking to Perry and Boring before she swore off podcasts, like yeah. we got one of those. Um, <laughs> you know, talking to um, oh, what's his name, uh, Voorhees, when he had just created Shapeshift. Um, you know, he wasn't a super billionaire. Uh, like he's making up words with how much money he has now. But talking to Roger Ver before everybody hated him. Yeah, I talked to Roger Ver when he was Bitcoin <laughs> Jesus and not Bitcoin Judas. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm just calling it like it is, man. That guy tweets some ridiculous shit every single day. Like you could make it your full time job just researching how ridiculous his shit is and putting it on Medium. Like you'd probably get a good enough following and you could probably make that your full time job. Like, Hashtag opportunity in blockchain. Yeah, they hashtag opportunity blocked. Follow, get, go on. If this, then that. Make it so that Roger Ver's tweets shoot to a Google sheet. Take that tweet, research why it's wrong, retweet it out, and there you go. You got you find yourself a job. You'll be a journalist. Boom! I just helped you out. What? Let's say journalist. Eh. Why not? Checking. If you're researching and you're giving people good bits of wisdom, we got to wrap. The- this has been way too long. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So that's it. We basically plugged a lot of what we do already. I usually plug stuff, but Chris, you have the floor to plug. Plug, my friend. Oh man. Well, uh, first of all, I, I think uh, there's probably a check in the mail to all you guys from Blockchain Training Alliance. Um, you know, just for uh, for kind of supporting the the importance of education there. And, and I absolutely agree. So that'd be my only plug. If you're, if you're interested in learning more about blockchain, any kind of level from, you know, non-technical business all the way down to hands on the keyboard, writing code, um, just check out what we're doing at blockchain training Alliance. Nice. Keep doing the Lord's work as they say. Um, yes, sir. Well, um, that's it guys. Thank you for tuning in to episode two seventeen. Corey Cello, you guys want to do drunk episodes again? Sure. <laughs> let's do them. Let's one. do them on. Let's let's do video drunk episodes. That's how we're gonna do that. Video drunk episodes. YouTube, we haven't done YouTube, one since YouTube drunk 20. episodes because we can't. Wait, that's an option. Well, I get um, up early on a Saturday for that. We won't do it on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody Marys on a Saturday morning. I'm not. Well, I'm like we get hammered at nine o'clock in the morning. It's not. I'm not young anymore. When we first started this, Chris, we were like, all right, we're going to do nine episodes for the people and one episode for us. And they were and every fun. T- yeah, every tenth episode, we would get drunk and talk about crypto. No, sometimes and- we didn't even talk about crypto. It was just whatever happens, happens. Sometimes yeah. they were good. Sometimes they were ridiculous. Yeah, it um, it turned into a shit show. I think one time I went on a two-minute rant where every third word was the F word, and I was talking about banks. And like, <laughs> you, you got way too way too far. It's we got true. messages like, hey, we're trying to listen to your episodes with with our kids present. I'm like, well, don't do that. It's like, this is a drunk episode. That's not a good idea. <laughs> Every one out of 10 episodes, you got to kick them out of the room. I'm yeah. sorry. That's, yeah. just, that's how we roll. Maybe we should do that. That's like the premium offering we have. I don't know. We just like spitball ideas. Um, <laughs> Bitcoin after. We got to go.
Yeah, we got we got to wrap this. Chris, thanks for stopping by again. It's always awesome. Open invitation. You know when we record Saturday mornings. Uh, bring a bring your microphone voice um, to everybody listening. Thank you for listening. We had another successful month of July, over a hundred thousand downloads. Uh, thank you guys uh, so much for listening. If you want to join the Slack, go to the Bitcoin Network. Click the button that says Slack and join it. If you can't do those three things, you don't belong in our Slack. I'm sorry. Like it's really easy. If you can't if you can't figure that out, I apologize. You're you're probably a child. And you should be watching Ninja Turtles. Um, that's all I got. Unless you guys want to plug some stuff, we gotta go. All right, man. Sure. Dang, this is the longest episode. All right, play the outro. Play the outro.